Hi, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us. Welcome to the Beacon Church online worship experience. I'm delighted that you've joined us today. And uh, this is the part of our Sunday gathering where we take time to uh, read from the Bible and uh, ask it to speak to us. And so I pray that over the next few moments, what I share will bless you and help you. And I hope it does uh, do that for you. So I'm going to talk to you today from a story in the Bible called Death in the Stew. Yes, that's right. You heard that right. Death in the Stew. Well, this story is found in 2 Kings chapter 4. And I'll read the story to you. If you have a Bible, you're welcome to join me reading that story. If not, you'll see these words come up on the screen and you can follow me as I read the story. The story is about a man called Elisha. And I pick up the story in 2 Kings chapter 4 and verse 38. After I read the story, I'd like to just pray and share a few thoughts with you. This is what it says, 2 Kings chapter 4 and verse 38 to 41. Elisha returned to Gilgal, and there was a famine in that region. When the company of the prophets was meeting with him, he said to his servant, Put on the large pot and cook some stew for these prophets. One of them went out to the fields to gather herbs and found a wild vine and picked as many of its goods as his garment could hold. When he returned, he cut them up into the pot of stew, though no one knew what they were. The, the stew was poured out for the men, but as they began to eat it, they cried out, Man of God, there is death in the stew. There is death in the pot. And they could not eat it. Elisha said, Get some flour. He put it into the pot and said, Serve it to the people to eat. And there was nothing harmful in the pot. Pray with me for a moment, please, as I share these words with you today. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the opportunity to read your Bible. Thank you for the story that we've read today. I pray that through this we will see Jesus. That, Lord, our lives will never be the same again as a result of the faith that comes as we hear your word today. So even as we're listening to the word of God today, thank you that sickness will be healed, diseases will check out, solutions to complex problems will come through. Thank you that the entrance of your word brings light everywhere there is darkness. I thank you that light will come. Thank you for your life that shines through this time. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, interesting story, don't you think? There was a famine in the land. There was no food. Elisha was a prophet, and a few people came around, and, and uh, it was, he, he ran a school uh, for prophets, and some of his students came around. So he said to one of the guys, hey, listen, why don't, you, why don't you make a stew? And, well, it was a famine, so there was no food. So the guy thought, well, I'll, I'll probably go and make a stew. So he went out, and uh, he picked... Uh, things of a vine, things like looked like potatoes. He didn't know what it was. Nobody knew what it was. He cut, he chopped it all up and put it in the stew. Guess what? It was poisonous. So the stew is cooked and uh, he, begins to, he begins to serve it to the people who've come to eat. And they start screaming, saying, there is death in the stew. There is death in the stew. The shock, the horror. And then Elisha just steps in and saves the day. I want to ask you a few questions based on the story. You see, the stew is something, a stew is something that's meant to give you life, something that's meant to give you enjoyment. 
What do you do the thing what do you do when the thing that's meant to give you life the thing that meant to, that's meant to give you enjoyment ends up giving you death Well for some of you you know what I mean because a marriage is supposed to be an experience that gives you life but for a lot of people a marriage hasn't been an enjoyable experience Going to work and earning a living is supposed to be an enjoyable life-giving experience but for a lot of you you've expected the stew but you've you've received death what do you do when your expectation does not match reality you expect life but you end up getting death what do you do when that is your experience secondly these people only found out that there was death in the stew after they had eaten it in other words now it's a irreversible decision it's not like they tasted a bit of it and spat it out and they said oh this is bad these guys had eaten it in other words it was a irreversible decision i wonder how many of you right now are feeling the pain of irreversible decisions things that you wish you could just rewind the clock go back to a certain date make different choices and things would be different today but guess what you cannot rewind time what do you do when there's death in the stew but it's too late because the stew is in your stomach some of you are struggling today because you are thinking of irreversible consequences in your life that you cannot change because to change them would mean you'd have to rewind time and you can't do that what do you do when you're on the receiving end of somebody else's actions you see the people who hate the stew were not eating it because they wanted to die they were not trying to commit suicide they were just there and dinner was served and it was this particular man's fault who went and picked what he thought was potatoes or looked like potatoes he puts it in the stew and it's full of poison what do you do when you're on the receiving end of somebody else's action and it's not even your fault but you find yourself in a place where you're not receiving life but you seem to be receiving death as a result of the actions somebody else has made maybe your parents have made your spouse has made the government has made you're saying god as a result of their actions i'm in trouble now what do you do and how do you process that what do you do when it's not just the fact that it's affecting you but it's a public issue can you imagine the embarrassment the shame that this man who's made this to you is going through right now because he's standing right there serving the stew to his guests and the guests are saying we're going to die at that moment imagine being in his shoes what would you feel like what do you do when your embarrassment is a public one what do you do when your problem is not a private one because you see if it was a private one then there'd be no shame nobody would know about it and you could just hide it and it would be your issue but some of you are going through things right now and it's not even a private issue it's a public issue is there for everybody to see and you are walking through the embarrassment of what's happened to you what do you do when life throws you a curveball and you are publicly embarrassed i wonder what do you do when you just play scenarios through your head 
over and over again. If only we hadn't gone and picked those poisonous potatoes. If only we had double-checked what they were before they were put in the pot. If only the heat of the stew had killed the poison. If only some of you are right now playing a million scenarios of if only, if only he, if only she, if only I, if only they, if only X, Y, Z. You can continue playing a scenario over and over again, but it does not change the fact that there is death in the stew. What do you do when life throws you a curveball like that? Well, I want to speak to you today and just point out three simple things that Elisha did. You see, Elisha, for us in this story, represents Jesus, the person we trust. Elisha was a man of God and he did few things there to save the day. But guess what? The good news is we don't just have Elisha in our corner. We have Jesus Christ, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And if Elisha can be trusted in such a situation, here I have good news for you. Jesus can be trusted. And if you will trust Jesus simply, he is in your corner and he is with you. And I want to share with you three things that happened that day that will help you if this is what you're going through life right now. Number one, Elisha does not panic. Elisha does not panic. He doesn't go, oh no, there's death in the stew. He doesn't go, oh no, how did this happen? He doesn't go, oh no, what are we going to do now? You do not see for a single moment Elisha panicking. Do you know that God is not surprised by the curveballs that come your way? And God is not panicking. God is not going, oh no. He's divorced. Oh no, she's divorced. Oh no, he's sinned. Oh no, they've been rejected. Oh no, they've messed up again. Oh no, there is death in the stew. Oh no, the things that were supposed to be good have turned out bad. Oh no, what are we going to do now? No, no, Jesus does not panic. And if Jesus does not panic, that means you can trust him. I believe some of you are dealing with anxiety in your own heart, panicking over circumstances that you cannot control. Some of you are such control freaks because you want every circumstance your way. You want every person reacting your way. Sometimes we are such control freaks that when the things that we thought were supposed to go a certain way do not go our way, we panic. But Elisha does not panic. He's got it under control. Only somebody who is not in control panics. The fact that Elisha did not panic means Elisha had it in control. Can I just say your marriage is under the control of God even though it's going bad? Everything that you're fearing right now is going bad is under the control of God and today you can trust him. Secondly, Elisha puts no guilt on the man who cooked the stew Elisha takes no guilt on himself saying, oh, I shouldn't have asked him to cook a stew. There is no guilt. There is no blame. No matter what you're going through right now, no matter what your curveball is, you may be going through a situation right now where there's death in the stew, where something has gone horribly wrong. But whatever that is, the solution is never to blame and the solution is never to take guilt on yourself. The solution is never to blame your spouse. The solution is never to apportion blame. The solution is never to feel sorry for yourself and and throw a pity party. It's my fault, guilt, false guilt. Let me apportion the guilt. Whatever you're trying to do right now, stop it. It's not going to help and it's not going to work. 
Elisha doesn't blame anybody. Elisha doesn't feel any guilt. Number one, he doesn't panic. Number two, there's no guilt. There's no blaming. There's no shaming. And number three, he has a solution. And it's a very unlikely solution. Because Elisha says, bring me some flour. Well, where does flour come from? Well, flour is, flour is found when you, when you grind grain, when you grind wheat or when you grind barley. That's where flour comes from. But they're in the middle of a famine. In other words, this flour didn't just come up recently. This flour should have existed before the famine. And the story says they are right in the middle of a famine. So Elisha brings some flour and that is the solution. In other words, what? In other words, the solution to the problem existed before the problem. Do you know that with Jesus, every problem already has a solution. The Bible says he is before all things and in him all things hold together. Let me say that again. He is before all things and in him all things hold together. Jesus Christ is the Lamb of God slain from the foundations of the world. Even before your problem came your way, Jesus already had a solution. Even before your sickness came your way, Jesus already had healing. Even before poverty came knocking at your door, Jesus already has provision. Even before loneliness and rejection hit your door, Jesus already has a solution. He is before all things. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. Ha! Huh. That's why Elisha asked for some flour. It's not because flour has medicinal value, but he's trying to prove a point. The solution existed before the problem, because the flour had to exist before the famine, as they're right in the middle of famine. Think back to it. Where did that flour come from? It came from grain. Where did that grain come from? Well, it came from a plant. Where did that plant come from? Well, years ago, somebody should have planted it. That means right now, there are solutions being planted to future problems you don't even know about. <laughs> that is how good God is. Why? Because he is before all things. The Bible says he is before all things. Do you know that your God right now is planting solutions for problems you don't even know that exists for you? You can trust him. You can trust him. And the Bible says he threw the flower in the pot. And there was no longer death in the pot. Some of you today need to hear my words and hear it very clearly. You need to stop panicking. You need to stop blaming. And you need to stop taking guilt on yourself. Because that is not the way Jesus wants you to live. He wants you to live in a way where you will trust him. Trust him knowing that the solution to every problem in your life already exists. In him we live, we move, we have our being. He is before all things and in him all things hold together. The name of the story is death in the stew. But guess what? Even if there is death in the stew, in the presence of Jesus, death is swallowed up in life. There's another story. There was a similar death. It was the death of Jesus Christ. Day one, they put him in a tomb and nothing happened. Day two, day three, 
he was dead and buried. And they thought this was the end of the script. But guess what? On the third day, Jesus rose again from the dead. Proving what? Proving that with Jesus, death is always swallowed up in victory. I want to say to you, whatever your problem, your death, your solution, whatever your dilemma is right now, it has been swallowed up in victory. There is no mountain too high, no valley too deep for Jesus to come and rescue you. Why? Death has been swallowed up in victory. Jesus is in your corner. And if in those days they could trust Elisha, how much more can you and I trust Jesus Christ, the King of kings and Lord of lords today? He is in your corner. And whatever is the death in your stew, Jesus comes to swallow it up in victory and to remove the death and release you into a life filled with victory that overcomes any death that may come your way. Close your eyes with me for a moment. And I want to lead you in just very three simple prayers. Number one, I want you to pray that God will help you to stop panicking. Every person that is going through anxiety and panic attacks right now, I rebuke those anxiety thoughts and anxious thoughts and, and panic attacks. And I pray today, every one of those thoughts would lift in Jesus' name and peace will come. Number two, every person that is blaming and taking on guilt, blaming other people and taking on guilt. I pray right now it will stop in Jesus' name. We refuse to blame and we refuse to take guilt. And number three, Father, we open our mouth and we confess that death has been swallowed up in victory. Our story is not going to be death in the stew. It's going to be victory in the stew because death has been swallowed up in victory. Lord, we trust you today. With every curveball that has come our way that we did not see coming, we trust you. And we thank you that you've got it in control. We don't panic. We don't have guilt. We don't apportion blame. We don't live in shame. We trust you to lead us from victory to victory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hey, I want to give you an opportunity to give your life to Jesus. Thank you so much for tuning in. Why don't you make a decision today to follow Jesus Christ? Jesus died and he rose again and his resurrection swallowed up death. Now we can live victorious lives if we will simply trust him. I want to give you an opportunity to do that. If you will repeat this prayer after me, I believe with simple, simple faith in your heart, you get an opportunity to say yes to Jesus. So pray with me. Say, Jesus, I believe that you died, that you rose again. I give you my life and I receive yours. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, I believe if you prayed that prayer, just with simple faith, you've made a decision to follow Jesus. Jesus died and rose again. And you're about to discover that your best days are just about to begin. We'd love to help you take your next steps, connect you with friends, so why don't you reach out to us on our website or our social media platforms. We'd love to get in touch with you and connect with you. And if there's anything we can do to help, anything at all, please reach out to us. We're here to serve and we're here to love you. Thank you so much for tuning in. If this message helped you and blessed you, why don't you share it with a friend? I so appreciate you sharing our content online. God bless you for doing that. You never know who it is blessing. I'll see you again next week. God bless. Bye-bye.